This is Radio Maria and this is Mornings with Radio Maria. I'm Helena and today we have a special guest. Today, I'm sure you are all aware, is World Refugee Day 2022, June 20th, World Refugee Day. And we have our dear friends from the Jesuit Refugee Service here with us this morning. We have Rhiannon, who I'm not sure exactly what she does for a Jesuit Refugee Service, but she is going to tell us all about it. Hello, Rhiannon. Welcome to the programme. Good morning. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, Rhiannon, what is your part with a Jesuit Refugee Service? So um, I am currently the emergency response manager and the accommodation manager at the Jesuit Refugee Service. Um, So uh, basically, in a nutshell, I coordinate all of our accommodation provision um, and I also coordinate um, all of our emergency response that was put in place during the coronavirus pandemic, um, which we're now um, thinking of adapting again as we kind of try to get back to normal. Um, But most of our emergency response focuses on um, practical support like uh, food parcels, mobile phone top ups and um, cash support for the people that we, we are supporting in London. Oh my. Listen, listeners, usually we have like the 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 PR person or something like that, but today we have the on the ground Rhiannon person working with the emergency response. Excellent. Thank you for taking a, a, a short break from your your important work to speak to us and our listeners today. No problem at all. All right. So how did you first get involved with JRS? Uh, did did if, were you a refugee? How did it, how did it, did you have family refugees? What what got you involved? Um, so I first started working at um, JRS in May 2020. Um, so j- just a couple of months after the UK went into lockdown, um, I started um, as the emergency response coordinator. Um, I have worked with refugees previously. Um, so I uh, worked in Nottingham for about five years uh, with destitute people there. Um, And I also volunteered um, for a charity in Leicester um, that um, supported refugees called the Leicester City of Sanctuary. Um, So my I don't have background of being a refugee, but I've done quite a lot of work over the years um, with these communities and um, I've found it incredibly inspirational and motivating um, as a work and I I feel that it's a very important role um, to play um, when there are so many barriers uh, put in place to people integrating in the UK. I think charities like the JRS um, and other refugee support charities um, are really important to help people break down those barriers um, and live their lives to the full really whilst they're here. Oh, wait a second. So your your listeners, you don't know this, but I can tell she's Rhiannon, you're a bit young and, and you but you've gone through you've worked with these other groups as well. Where what led you to even starting with those other groups first? Um, I was quite interested in working internationally and meeting people from other parts of the world, um, really exploring the diversity of our communities, um, which led to me starting off as a volunteer. Um, And once I started volunteering, it was really kind of no stopping me from there because it's just such an inspirational group of people to work with. Um, I found even volunteering so kind of um, so worthwhile and so interesting. So I continued. Hear that, listeners? Hear that? Especially parents out there. 
get your kid, if they're interested in international things, we'll get them volunteered here, uh, just supporting people here and abroad. And look what could happen. They could be becoming, they, they're on their way to sainthood with helping refugees in emergency response areas. Oh, Rhiannon, that's so exciting to hear. I'm exciting. I'm excited because uh, I'm a confirmation catechist here and I'm always trying to push the candidates to volunteering in things that they're interested in, hoping that they'll still be able, not still, that they will continue, that the Holy Spirit will continue working in their lives in all that they do in no matter what kind of areas. And there you have it. You've, you've, you've hit, you've, you've, you've got it. All right, Refugee Week. We've yes. got, we listeners, I know you know that there's a lot in the news going on with refugees currently, not only from the Ukraine, but ongoing from other countries. Rhiannon, can you tell us what, so since 2020, what has been the focus of JRS? So um, JRS works in many different ways. Um, the Jesuit Refugee Service is actually an international organization working in um, over 50 countries across the world. Um, and each country has a slightly different focus depending on what the need is in that country. Um, so in the UK, uh, we focus on supporting those who are destitute, who have been made homeless through the asylum process, and also those who are in immigration detention. Um, so we have a number of different ways we support people um, by giving advice, um, casework, providing accommodation if possible, um, legal advice, and also um, activities and emotional support. Um, the JRS, the mission of JRS um, is to accompany serve and advocate for the rights of refugees and other forcibly displaced people. So our our idea is to really walk alongside people um, during some of their most difficult times, um, to be with them um, and to do with them um, rather than to do for them. Um, so our activities are, are quite wide ranging, but we always try to remain <clears throat> focused on this um, aspect of accompaniment. Do you work alongside the government and the what, in my head, the government should be supporting as well? So we um, we don't really have any funding from the government. Most of our work um, is trying to fill the gaps where perhaps the government or other organisations are not providing support. So we, we really look for where the gap is and where the, the most the need is the most. And where are you? Uh, so over these past two years, uh, what kind of where are the people where are the refugees that JR, that you've been able to support? Where are they coming from? Um, so at JRS, we work with people from any background, any country, any religion. Um, we um, work with in London, there are quite a lot of people from Eritrea and Ethiopia, countries that have experienced conflict over a long, long period of time. Um, we also work with people from um, the DRC, um, people from Afghanistan, uh, from Sudan. Um, so kind of all across the world, wherever there's a conflict zone, even if it's perhaps um, more protracted and not necessarily in the news right now, um, we're there to support people regardless of where they come from. With accompanying, uh, you, uh, is there, so could you walk us, so this is, I'm going to play, I'm I'm a person that doesn't know much about the process of coming as a refugee, which is funny, uh, Rhiannon, because my mother and 
grandmother, my bupcha mother and aunt, were all asylum seekers, actually, to America. And so I've heard mm. their story, none of like the logistics. But could you share with our listeners what is what is the kind of the uh, next step and next step and next step as refugees come into the country? Because I'm sure the listeners are thinking, why is it that they just don't get here? And then the government has like a this has happened for years and years. They have a packet. Okay, here we can settle this. We settle this. We'll put you here. We'll have this. And look, here we go. But there's still these cracks that you guys are having to fill. Is there a way? Could you share with us like the step by step, not by step, but in general, the process of uh, uh, a refugee as they enter into our country? Uh, well, I can try. It's very complicated, to be honest. Um, but usually uh, when somebody arrives in the country, um, if they... Um, their reasons for coming here are because they are <clears throat> fleeing from persecution in their home country. Um, they can claim asylum. So you can't claim asylum before you arrive in the UK. Um, so you need to be within the UK itself to be able to claim asylum. Um, and uh, once you've claimed asylum, then you need to um, prove to the government why your asylum claim is valid and why you should be granted what's called refugee status. Um, this can be quite a long process, so um, it can take people um, up to a year to perhaps even have an initial decision on their asylum claim um, from the Home Office. Um, during this time, people should be entitled to legal representation, um, but unfortunately, we've noticed that it's very difficult for people to get access to legal advice um, because there's just not enough legal advice um, available for people um, and uh, once you've received a decision from the home office then um, either you get a positive decision um, in which case you're granted refugee status and the right to stay in the country um, or uh, you may receive a negative decision and at that point um, you need to look at the ways in which you can perhaps appeal the decision through the courts um, or uh, find more evidence um, to support your claim um, and it's often at this point where people really kind of get lost in the system, um, their support's withdrawn, um, and many, many people have valid um, asylum claims, but the difficulty is um, proving them. Um, it's the only kind of sector of our law where you um, are technically kind of you need to prove your the burden of proof is on you um to show that you do qualify for refugee status um <clears throat> so we work with people um who perhaps need to find more evidence to support their claim um, perhaps need to find um, proper legal representation um, or um, perhaps are struggling to understand what's happened with their claim and whereabouts they are in the asylum system. So, I mean, it's a very, very complicated process um, and it's very difficult for people to navigate on their own, um, which is why um, organisations like JRS are there um, to support people through that process and try to ensure that they kind of get what they're entitled to. Oh, good work, good work, good work. Listeners, this is Radio Maria England, and this is Mornings with Radio Maria. Today is, well, it's June 20th, and it is World Refugee Day. This week is Refugee Week, and throughout the week we will be sharing stories and good, good work of groups that are supporting refugees here in our country and around the world. Today, we have Rhiannon, who is the Emergency Response Coordinator for the Jesuit Refugee Service. 
Their website, if you'd like to learn more, is www.jrsuk.net. There you can find out lots of information. But why look there when we have Rhiannon here today? Rhiannon, you explained the, the, the process of an uh, asylum seeker, a, a, a refugee here in the country. During that one year, that, well, it could take up to one year decision time. Do, does the JRS support, uh, because I'm sure, well, when a person comes here, they're not just always in the courtroom proving that they have reason to come, that there's, they might have a family, they might, there's living needs, there's food needs, they, do, do they get a job? How does the JRS support them during the, the beginning part? Okay, so at the beginning part, um, we currently support people um, on first first arrival um, <clears throat> at Nap who are housed in Napier Barracks, which is on the on the south coast. Um, some people may have heard um, this spoken about in the media. Um, so now JRS will support people when they first arrive um, to make sure that they understand how the process works um, and how they what they need to do once they're in the UK. Um, asylum seekers don't have permission to work, um, so there's not an opportunity for them to find employment, um, but they should be provided with housing um, and support from the Home Office. Um, so our, our work at JRS is sometimes at the very, very beginning. Um, and then once people get sent to their home office accommodation, which could be anywhere across the country, um, we usually signpost on to other organisations who can give them ongoing support throughout that waiting period. Um, and then JRS steps in again, um, kind of at the end, perhaps, if or if somebody is give, given a negative decision. Um, so at the moment, our work is focused on the very first arrival, um, and then after somebody receives um, a negative decision and needs to fight that decision and prove their claim to be in the UK. Um, there are many, many other um, organisations across the country um, supporting people in that waiting period. So our work in that time is really to signpost people and, and to make sure that they're getting the support that they need. Have you been to Napier Barracks? Personally, I haven't. Um, my colleagues are there every week, um, so they are visiting the barracks every Wednesday um, to support people living there. Um, and many of the other staff at JRS and volunteers have been, um, but I personally haven't had the opportunity yet. Oh, do they provide places? So, because again, listeners, these are not just gentlemen coming over; these are families and children and young people coming over. Do, does the whole? Do they? Does every does is there accommodations for families there for that first arrival or I can just imagine how scary it is to be like, okay, we finally gotten away from these terrors just to be stuck in what picture the pictures I've seen are they, they're kind of one step above prisons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, as far as I'm aware, there are not families um, in Napier barracks, um, but there may be another um short-term accommodation facilities uh, across the country. Um, but I believe that at APO, um there aren't any families at the moment. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> if they stick a family in, it'll look a little bit happier. But if there's no families there, then there you're set, you're set. You're set. Mm -hmm. um, in London, uh, when we originally spoke to JRS, I think it was 2020, I it was, I think, a summer, and it was lockdown and the... Oh, I can't remember his name, but 
you also there's there's signposting, but there's also community centers and uh, JRLs help because you accompany the mm-hmm. refugees. Uh, do, now that we're opening back up and because it was really sad before because the gentleman was like well all we can do is signpost we check in personally like with a zoom or something but all these families that depended so much on these communities where they could one find people from their same countries or that speak the same language and can create kind of that bond away from home in this new home is that opening up now is it how we're in 2022 what's it like in london now Uh, Yeah, so we are gradually um, doing more activities face-to-face. At the moment, we have people who they visit our day centre to come and uh, collect their food, collect toiletries um, once a month. Um, And we run certain refugee activities as well. Um, So we are doing acupuncture sessions at the moment once a week. Um, We're also doing creative writing workshops for people. Um, And we are planning some more... um, music and textiles workshops um, actually for Refugee Week. Um, So gradually we're starting to to reopen and to get people together again. Um, It's a slow process because we need to still um, make sure that it's safe for people, um, make sure that it's what people need and what people want. Um, but we are, luckily, we're, we're able to start doing more things face to face. And it's really nice to have people together in the centre again, um, for them to be able to meet with each other, um, share joy, laughter, um, and really be part of the community again. Excellent. All right. All right. I'm excited because you mentioned a textile workshop and I believe you're having an event this Saturday where there might be a textile workshop. That is right. Tell us about Saturday. (laughs) Yes. um, So uh, this year, the the theme for Refugee Week this year um, is healing. Um, So every year, Refugee Week will have a different theme. Um, And it's basically a festival to celebrate the contributions, the creativity and the resilience of refugees and people seeking sanctuary. Um, So we're really excited that, you know, this year we can do things in person. um, We can get lots of people involved. Um, It's been a few years that we haven't really been able to celebrate Refugee Week in its kind of entirety. So we're very excited. and our event is going to take place on this Saturday, so the 25th, um, from 11 till 3 p.m. And it's at our centre in, in Wapping. Um, and it's called Songs for an Imagined Nation. And it's a creative textile and music workshop. And it's going to be led by some people who have done um, workshops for us before, um, for our refugee friends. Um, so I think it's going to be lots of fun, um, lots of people coming together. And um, yeah, really interesting to explore this, this idea of healing um and belonging through through creativity um so all the information about it is on our website um if people want to check check it out and if they want to join us um they're very 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 welcome my goodness you had me at singing and textiles (laughs) um can i come though i'm i'm not i'm just a, a joe schmo over here can i can i and my family come or is it do you have to have a refugee card in order to come 
No, of course, it's open to all. So this is open to general public. Um, the idea is really to bring people from all different walks of life together. So the refugee friends that we support, members of the host community, uh, people from, you know, across London or wherever they wish to travel from. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's an open event um, and we're, we're looking forward to getting as many people together as we can. Singing Blankets is going to be... Uh, have you gotten to meet there that, that group that is um, helping lead the creative projects? I have, yes. And I've seen some of the work that they've done before um, with our refugee friends and it's it's fantastic. It's just, it's very creative, um, very fun, um, lots, of, lots of different music and lots going on. So yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, I love it. I, I have a theatre background and so now I'm like, oh, and I'm looking at my calendar and I'm like, oh, actually, Saturday, <laughs> maybe I should take a trip to London. Are you going to be there, Rhiannon? I am. Yes, I am. There'll be lots of nice food as well. Which is wait, wait, what? There's food? You didn't tell me about the food. Is it going to be just sandwiches and like Scottish eggs and stuff? Oh, no, no. We've got um, some Eritrean food being cooked for <gasps> us. Um, so, yeah, yummy, yummy, great. I I I love this that there that it's um it, it's it's this working alongside and being alongside. You also have a, a women's group uh, that do you know much about the women's group? Uh, the women's prayer group. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so this uh, this group will meet um, again on a weekly basis. Um, it's um, led by volunteers who have supported JRS for a very long time. Um, it's a space for women to come together, um, to pray together, gives them the opportunity to uh, pray or sing in their own languages as well. Um, and it just, it's, it's really to, yeah, to give them that space um, to, to be with other people. I love it. I love it. It's really, it is, listeners, this is truly accompanying our vulnerable that have come over here, accompanying them when they step foot here in England. Perhaps they're at the Napier Barracks, perhaps they're uh, in um, government supported housing, supporting them, accompanying them on this journey through red tape paperwork who knows what uh, finding legal assistance and then also continuing on with their journey when they may have gotten a positive appeal or a positive answer or an appeal or they don't know what's going on so the JRS again is accompanying them with helping them get more evidence or finding more legal representation or just understanding what's going on in the system. And then they continue also with signposting refugees on wherever, because they don't all stay in London. They all get moved around in the world, which is perfect, in my opinion, because then we get to share this internationality throughout our country. And they also continue to accompany women, families, all folks, as they become part of our community. Uh, Rhiannon, have you, do you have any stories you can share of uh, any, you don't have to share any names or anything, but of any success stories that you've been able to help accompany these last two years? I imagine there's probably quite a few. Uh (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't prepare her for this question, listeners. Sorry, sorry. Um, Let me think of an example for you. Uh, So um, I guess, so we... We, we support, well, people from all different places. Uh, I guess one person I could perhaps speak about, um, we supported during the pandemic um, 
<clears throat> into accommodation. So at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, many, many people found themselves homeless. Um, a lot of people that we supported um, were kind of getting by by staying with friends, moving from place to place. Um, and at the beginning of the pandemic, um, suddenly that wasn't really possible as the lockdown happened. People didn't want, you know, people coming in to, to stay with them for a couple of nights. Um, and so our team did a lot of work around sourcing accommodation for people. Um, and on the flip side, uh, because of the pandemic, the local authorities and also the Home Office put on emergency accommodation so that people wouldn't be in overcrowded housing and people wouldn't be needing to move from place to place. Um, so we worked with young, one young man, um, helped him to get into accommodation, but also um, this is a temporary measure really. So our legal team was working with him um, to put in a, an application. Um, and I think around uh, probably about six months ago, he was moved. So firstly, he was moved uh, outside London, I think, um, to Luton or somewhere and then um, to another place. So it's quite difficult to maintain contact. Um, but, you know, we, we continued supporting him um, with um, financial support, with phone top ups um, and most importantly, with casework and legal advice. Um, and yeah, so a few months ago, he was granted his leave to remain in the UK which is kind of the the point that everybody really wants to get to so that they feel secure they feel safe um and they know that they they can start to rebuild their lives here so i think that was really good to to see him go through that process um unfortunately he's lost a lot of his time when he could have been you know studying or working he's quite a young a young man so lots and lots of potential there which unfortunately he's he's spent a long time trapped in the system but we really hope that now he has that resolution um he'll be able to you know move on and and really and live his life basically enjoy his life Oh, he'll catch up. He'll catch up. We're all we're all catching up from from this lockdown and stuff. We're, well, he's going to do grand. Or at least that's what we're going to pray for today. <laughs> Definitely that he's he does. Oh, um, with with this uh, tr uh, going from from London to outside of London to Luton to places. Do is there ways that listeners like us like me can support the jrs actually yeah there's quite a few different uh volunteering opportunities um so some of them are based in london um so for example we have volunteers who host for us within london um these are um families or we work with a lot of religious communities who have spare rooms in their house um, and can host people on a temporary basis so um, usually for three months um, whilst they don't have anywhere else to stay. Um, we also have volunteers who work remotely as um, emotional support volunteers um, and what these volunteers do is they actually they call our refugee friends on a regular basis um, just to check in um, provide moral moral and emotional support um, have a chat about how their week's been how they're feeling um, and so it's not giving any advice or specific casework support but it's just being a friend um, to somebody and showing that they that someone cares about them um, there are other um, opportunities that people can find on our website um, but they're kind of what we're looking for at the moment 
Oh, thank you, Rhiannon. We're going to we've we've come up to our end of our program this morning. But listeners, I do hope do hope that this beginning this this refuge World Refugee Day, which is today, June twentieth, and this week, that we keep in pra- our prayers uh, those refugees, those asylum seekers, as well as all the groups that are working together to support and to accompany these travelers, these wanderers, people that are are needing needing comfort, needing community, and have gone through so much already and have made it here to, to what should be safe shores. And now they just have a couple more steps left until they can begin this next, what I assume is their, what is a new step in their life, a new part of their life. And thank you, JRS, for all the support that you guys do in helping with this transition. Transitions are so hard. Uh, and, and I can imagine a whole world, a whole language, a whole culture change uh, is, is the top of the hard of transitions. Rhiannon, can we, can we say a prayer for the end of our program? Uh, in the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, dear Lord. Lord of our lives, Lord of those that are searching, dear shepherd that keeps watch over all his sheep and will take the time to go searching for any sheep that have wandered or have just gotten lost. Keep your eye on us, Lord. Keep your eye and your arms around us and comfort us. Lead us, support us, encourage us to help one another. We are one body in you, Lord. We are one world. Continue to work in the people that are supporting those asylum seekers and those refugees coming into our homes and our country. Keep them with strength and fortitude and encouragement that their work is bringing together and supporting lovely people that are going to bring the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Lord, protect those that are fleeing from their homes. Protect them in whatever accommodations they are. Keep hope in their hearts as they go from not knowing to not knowing to not knowing and bring the people they need into their lives in this in time in this time of transition in this time of creating a new home and bringing and lord encourage them to keep keep their their selves as well and bring their selves their cultures their creativity their their beauty from their homes that they fled from and let it be a light and and a blessing for us here in this land. Lord, come to our leaders and support them to make wise decisions on all the laws, uh, 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 judges, all the trials, all that. Please make wise decisions, compassionate decisions for the refugees that are here. Amen. Amen.
In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Rhiannon, God bless you and all the work. God bless the JRS. And maybe we'll see you this Saturday at the Hurtado Jesuit Center in London. Uh, and it's also at the, you said there was another place. It's Wapping, Wapping. Uh, yeah, the Hurtado Center is in Wapping in yeah. London. There yeah. you go. June 25th. Thanks, Rhiannon. Have a blessed day. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.